You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech, featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture, tech news from a brown and black geek perspective. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. As always, I'm joined by my man, Achilles Shine. Yes. Achilles Shizzle. Achilles Shizzle. Oh, no. Here we go. Achilles Shizzle. <laughs> and uh, and I'm in the booth, joined by the lovely Alexis Hey, Torres. everybody. What's up? How you doing, Alexis? I am good. How good. are you? I'm good. I'm ready to run the jewels. Oh, God, R-T-J. no, you said it. You said it. Stop it. Run the jewels. Now you know the jewels. <laughs> I would like to, never mind. Uh-huh. Stop while you're yeah. ahead. I'll stop while I'm ahead. Uh, uh, again, I'm Joe Braswell. Um, this is Geek Nerd Tech. Uh, we have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about today. I mean, we do want to touch on the whole Sony hacking scandal, which we'll do at the end. We also want to t- touch on um, the whole Eric Garner, Black Lives Matter, I Can't Breathe hashtag situation. Um, and really get into that a little bit. But before that, we'll, we'll jump into some tech news. <laughs> And uh, and talk about this uh, new artificial skin that senses and uh, and stretches. Did you hear about this? I did hear about it. Um, this is this this feels like technology that like was 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 uh, on its way for a while, but I didn't I didn't I didn't know about the it being able to sense. Right. I knew that the touch being able to have some artificial skin that that, that would be able to touch stuff and um, that you could be able to like touch your iPad and, and do these things. But the whole notion of having they already have uh, limbs that your brain can send signals to, and you can actually move your hand around. Mm-hmm. But but for the for the for it to be able to send touch back to your brain, that's that's weird. Well, it's super important because you're dealing with a prosthetic limb, and you grab something with this bionic hand, yeah. and you can crush it like an egg. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think you know the technology wants to be enhanced in the sense that you know. But our biology is so sensitive that right. we can feel things like the moisture, the right. all of those things. So to be able to put that in the prosthetic limb is is like really futuristic because then it gives the ability for you to actually operate right and in, in, usefully in, in the world. So right. I think that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and the the most uh, I won't talk about what the number one use of this hand will be. Wow, running the jewels, I'm sure for you, right? <laughs> running, <laughs> running no, one, you did it, Achilles. Run, running dare one's you? own jewels. <laughs> God, you do. If you're running your own jewels, you might want to not crush. Oh, and have a hand that crushes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I don't Dang, want to you might have a prosthetic show. one of those too. Though. That one, then, uh, <laughs> you're running all kind of jewels on that one. Um, if you keep doing that, you're on your way to becoming RoboCop. I thought. Yes. <laughs> but no, this is this is really it's interesting. It's South Korea um, is doing it, and uh, you know, pressure and touch and moisture, which is interesting. It, it just makes me. I wonder about the the, the notion of yeah, yes. Uh, all right, <laughs> I wonder. Hate that word so much. Moisture. Yeah, I don't like the way it sounds. It sounds really gross. I know. It makes you not want to run any jewels. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, no. But it's, it's really interesting because it makes you wonder about the technology that allows the, whatever you're feeling to be to your brain. Like, how does your brain know? How does a hand know what your brain is supposed to feel? Like, what if you touch this and and, you're, and it's like hot. Man. Like, someone re- what if someone F with your like thing and then reprogrammed it, and you touched something soft and it felt like you know, electricity? How you know? wired is amazing, man. Yeah. Like the, our our creator, whatever spiritual perspective you come from, just to think that how we're how we're built is amazing. Right. Like those small, detailed elements that make us able to function, yeah. give give us our functionality. Sure. They're so key things that we don't even like. I'm not even conscious of. Like we just do it, you know, innately. Yeah. But they're so important. Yeah. I think that's that's what's really amazing that we're able to manufacture this. Now. Yeah, replicate that exactly. to a certain degree. And I also think it's going to be really cool because even with people who do have prosthetic limbs, like you know how they have that weird uh, phantom feeling yeah. of like itch, like the brain phantom is just limb, phantom yeah, itch. you know how it has. I mean, technically, that's what you know, like when you have your phone in your pocket and you think that it vibrates. That's yeah. the same exact nerve 
that sense for an amputee to think that their luggage is yeah. and it's and it's gone. So yeah, so it's it's really fascinating. And so we'll, we'll see how this develops and what 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 else comes from here. But it also makes you think that it it, allies, it, it will allow eventually AI to be able to you know, think of think of the robots and think of the AI that will be able to. What they'll be able to do in the future, yeah. if they can perform a surgery or yeah, exactly it's do CPR on someone or or run someone's jewels. Yes, right? <laughs> that, that's that's the, the, the number one <laughs> number one uh, application. Uh, okay, so the next Google is opens its cloud to crack the genetic code of autism. Now, um, I uh, you have a message for you over there, Mister Mister Shine, sir. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think this is fascinating and fantastic. So, you know, Google has this thing that they that they that they started called um, uh, Google Genomics. It's this project which is basically using their technology already to sequence the genomes of ten thousand people along the autism spectrum. Um, this is something that has already been doing. We've already been sort of mapping the human genome and um, and doing this now. That technology has been around for a minute, but the cost of doing that, like the Human Genome Project, is, is doing this. But it's a three billion dollar project, That's and crazy. so Google, because of the technology that they've already implemented in the cloud and other things, and they're running all kinds of other analytics and other stuff and all kinds of algorithms and other things. It's just a matter of reapplying what they're already doing to the human genome. They're able to sequence a genome now for twenty five hundred dollars. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's just really, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, Google's a juggernaut, man. Like, I mean, this is not the first time they've, you know, tried to get penetration into, like, the health field. Um, so they've dealt with other diseases like cancer and Parkinson's. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, with their, with the, the, the power that they have behind them in terms of, I mean, the technological power they have behind them is just mm-hmm. amazing. They're able to refine searchability. So if, if a researcher, researcher is doing something, they don't have to go from a hard drive and go from the cloud. And right. it, it offers more collaboration between, you know, the, sci- the scientist, scientific community. And I think that collaboration uh, propels um, Hey, I mean, to finding a cure for or getting more understanding of why, you know, people have autism. So yeah. I think I think it's pretty cool, man, that we're seeing tech used in this space mm-hmm. because it's going to only help, you know, get us more uh, get us more reliable advancements in terms of finding a cure for stuff. So this is I find this really interesting because you have these giant companies, tech companies and otherwise like Google, obviously like Facebook, even Twitter to a certain degree, but like Amazon, who really have to come up with all these crazy uh, efficiencies to be able to run their business as is mm-hmm. and keep moving things forward. I mean, you know, Facebook has so many crazy algorithms to figure out things, and they're putting drones in the air and all this other stuff. Google saying they have these giant, giant you know, Google centers all over the world, and they're, they're, they're dealing with so much data. Mm-hmm. It's interesting for these people to be able to, out of that comes this comes our new technology. You know, People talk about how it's a shame that we don't have the, the space program because the, the space program of the 60s uh, is what brought us a lot of our technology now. But, you know, figuring out how to get man into space and land on the moon birthed all, a lot of our technology we use now. Right. Um, so it's interesting to find out that all, all that new technology may, in fact, come from the tech space as opposed to the, the aeronautics For industry. For sure. I mean, I, I think in this era, we're in the era of, of, of data and analytics and mm-hmm. And so much information, figuring out a way to streamline it and, like I said, propel the research mm-hmm. so it can move faster at a more accelerated rate. Yeah. And I think, I mean, looking at kind of like the the, the, la- the the first story we just dealt with, how we're looking at things that are natural and trying to replicate it. Like, in a way, when you look at DNA, DNA is the, the transferring of of, of our of our, our life code. And so right. we're, in a way, we're trying to crack the code and figure out why it's doing this through all the data that we're collecting. And I think really that's what DNA is. Yeah. Like it's, it's data collection that's been transferred generation to generation. So this is kind of like the same thing, but just on, on a different, on different level. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's interesting. It's, it's beyond fascinating. So, uh, it's keeping that same theme. This next story is about also about prosthetic limbs, but it's about 3d, 3d printing. And now, you know, we're finding a situation where, um, there's something that's going to allow you to, to get, to actually print your own prosthetic limbs. Uh, it's really a lot, it's for children a lot, but it's for everyone. And, um, it's really sort of, you know, low cost. And, uh, there's two companies. It's only one, 50 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it enable, like E dash enable, <laughs> enable. And, um, and, and Project Daniel are 
really doing some cool stuff and creating these like multicolored lens with like uh these these sort of superhero names like the cyborg beast and the the uh, uh, the odysseus hand and it really makes these young, these kids feel like they've got some superhero superhero stuff the raptor hand mm-hmm. i think um, what's cool about this is that it's open source uh-huh. meaning that you know they'll provide like a template essentially and if a community has a 3d printer they're able to you know take this template and then you know add on or subtract or customize it the way they want and so or they could they can even put in their own design into the system and then print out you know the prosthetic for their child or, or for, for whoever needs it. I think that's what's really cool that it's not limited to you know just one particular type of uh, prosthetic. Like you're able to customize it as you said with colors and maybe even different materials based on you know the design that's already kind of laid out. And that's yeah. that's pretty fresh because it's, it's providing that for people that may not ever have the opportunity or the finances to to, to go with a commercial prosthetic limb, which is super expensive and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it just gives more options for people. So yeah, I wonder. I mean, I mean, I guess uh, the question I have is, I don't know how this is, what what the ethics are on this. I mean, if you just, if you are sitting at home and you can print out your own hand and just, I mean, you, you still have to get it fitted. You still have to go, you still need medical attention. It's not like you can just, you know, print out print out the house and then, you know, keep it moving. Why not? I mean, to attach the hand. I mean, like attaching a, a prosthetic limb to your yeah. That's I mean, it's, I don't. From my understanding, the limb is is not something that's me- like mechanical. It's not. There's no electricity running through it. It's just something that it gives you like an arm. Like, no, but but these are these are these are like the, your digits. This is like you know we're talking about earlier with the skin. This is like stuff that you have to connect to your. So I don't. My understanding was this type of prosthetic limb wasn't like that. Oh, it's just very much like exactly, exactly. Exactly. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. I was like, like that was my, uh, my <laughs> acting out. Kitty's always got to act out stuff. So I'm trying right, to follow right, him. Right, right. <laughs> no, I like to act out everything, Kitty. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next, IBM and Apple are, are back together for the first time again. <laughs> like they, uh, uh, they, they're actually moving together. This is, this is, I mean, it's not that really big of a story anymore, but at one point it would probably would have been a huge story. But, hmm. you know, IBM is actually uh, working with Apple to launch a, 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 a bunch of iOS apps for business. And, you know, as we know over the years, IBM Big Blue has been known for business, business, business. You have the business people. Apple is the creative people. Mm-hmm. They, they, they rarely come together. They've been like enemies, basically. And also IBM has been known as the hardware guy. Yes. And now they're more turning into like the software person. Yeah, which is interesting because there's no, IBM is pretty much getting out of the hardware business exactly. right now because you have other companies yeah. doing it for cheaper or you have the Dells of the world and, the, and other companies doing it. But um, actually, I never really thought of, it's weird because I never really thought of IBM and Apple. I think I thought I thought of like Microsoft being more Apple's enemy, but, I th- but it's sort of like, yeah, IBM was these machines, mm-hmm. Apple or these machines, but together, software. I mean, you got to think too. Like in, in in Apple's early days, IBM was the one that was providing the the chips for the Apple computer. So in a way, there was already some type of synergy or you know some previous synergy. So I mean, I can see the marriage. I can see it. I mean, being that they're directing it towards the business community, like it makes sense. It makes right. like it makes like it's a good marriage because I think. Apple's is strong now with hardware and they need to, you know, diversify themselves more with software now. And so I think the the marriage is good. They're both titans in each field, so yeah, I agree. So we'll see what what, the, what those applications are, what comes up from there. Um, so we're getting some new information back from this Rosetta Comet mission. Finally, um, they're, they're, the, the, we landed. You know, we landed a, a a craft on a comet, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is outrageous. Which I'm still mind boggled. Still boggles my mind. But now that we're there, we're starting to set up shop and do some do some uh, analytics. And and um, the first thing that's coming back is we're really trying to get some clues about the earth the origin of earth's water it was once believed that billions of years ago i mean this is if 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 you're you know if not a creationist billions of years ago a bunch of asteroids and comets hit the earth repeatedly repeatedly and and helped that that this is one of the things that form our oceans um this now sort of getting debunked in that at least not this stuff's not really happening from comets because the prop the properties that make up the the water on or the moisture of the water on these comets are not H2O, per se. Or is it a different form of different, different form, form of hydrogen. hydrogen? Not the same hydrogen, right? And so, I mean, I think that's really the story. Like the whole point of sending um, Rosetta out there, 326 million miles away, to land on this comet was to figure that out. Like, I mean, how how did life form on Earth? And I mean, can't have life without water. And so, if comets are the source of of life of water, like, yeah, let's figure that out. So, to, to find that information, I think is fascinating to know that there's different 
forms of hydrogen or, or different components that that create a different type of water. I think that's interesting. And then, um, I mean, you talk about like the far-reaching parts of the solar system or the galaxy where these comets actually come from, and there's different different ranges in which the comets are different or asteroids are different. And so, the chemical makeup of these comets and asteroids are different based on where they are in the, in the solar system. Yeah, so, so who's to say that you land on another comet and it won't be the right hydrogen? Exactly. You know I mean, or it, it, it's, it's something more advanced. I mean, it's just interesting to think that um, that's an interesting theory to think that these, you know, comets that are traveling from, you know, presumably billions of you know, millions of miles away mm-hmm. uh, could have sort of like the basically the the, the sequence of life, like the, yeah. you know, the, the, if, if they if enough comets, asteroids crashed on Mars. Who knows? In, in, in a billion years, Mars could be like. Or, I mean, it's this interesting, interesting theory that's a. And where are they coming from? And where you know, how does this all work? It's really right. uh, an interesting theory. I mean, are they fragments from a planet that exploded and they're traveling towards us and then repopulating our planets? It's, it's an interesting, really thought. I, mean, I think that's the beauty of science that you know we're able to come up with these theories and try to prove them wrong or right, and right. it just keeps us you know wanting to know about our origins. And, um, yeah, I mean, science is fascinating. I love the solar system. We talk about it all the time on the show. Yeah. And, like, I mean, this story, when we first covered it, them landing on the comet, and then, you know, it's just cool to see the progression of it. And, I mean, I, I hope to see in my lifetime right. that, you know, we figure some of these things out or we have a, a firmer understanding of, like, you know, life beyond you know, Earth. Yeah. So. Well, I feel like that we're the, the way things are accelerating again at an exponential rate. We're gonna hopefully we'll know something. You know, within our lifetime. For sure. Um, uh, this next thing is something I like. It's, I'm sure you do. It's from the Gadget Lab. It's a <laughs> it's a wristband that tracks your 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 basketball skills uh-huh. and, and, and and based on what it's what you're doing it says you need to it gives you drills based on how sorry you are right <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> so it'll know but uh, i i know so i i do this i do this well, i haven't done it in a minute but i, I have this, i have this uh, basketball workout that i do it's very specific i gotta go <laughs> No, don't leave. Don't show, leave show, me here. Show over. Show over. Wait, re- rewind that. Rewind the tape. You say you do what? I said, I have this basketball show workout. Show me the analytics. <laughs> show me the oh, analytics, dear. Joe. I have this basketball workout that I do, that I've that I drawn up, and it, invo- and, and it involves like... Remote? <laughs> remote. It involves Xbox One. Uh, NBA, NBA Live. No. Uh, no, but seriously, they, I, so I, I have this basketball workout that I do, and I haven't done it, I, I haven't done it in about four years. Five. <laughs> Keep going. Maybe six. Anyway, uh, I see this basketball workout, and, and, uh, I'm, and, um, I'm, I'm gonna get back at this basketball workout, by the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back. Uh, but the point is that, uh, w- this is exactly what I wouldn't do. This is what I was waiting for, actually. I've been waiting six years for this to come out so I can start my basketball workout. Cause it's actually, it's, it's a wearable. You do your thing and analyze what you're doing. It also, for guys like you, who's like, man, I did like 15 dunks in a row. Like, it'll be really, and I can check the analytics. Like, it looks like you didn't do any dunks. So. <laughs> for the record. Yes. Get buckets. Get bricks. Oh! <laughs> that's, 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 uh, unnecessary. I mean, I think it's cool. Um, like you said, the shot tracker system, you, you put a, you put a, a monitor actually on the net and you yep. have a monitor that you wear and then it's both, um, streamed through Bluetooth through to your, your device. Right. And yeah, it's able to pretty much get the analytics of your shot percentage. And not just that, it's able to pinpoint where you are on the court. Right. So it gives you kind of like a geo tagging element to it. So yeah. if you're, if your shot like right, you know, below the rim, you miss about 85% of the time. No. It'll tell you exactly where you were so you can perfect it better. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but no. me, like I'm shooting half court. Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> you shoot half court. It's like, wow, it's amazing. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I actually really want this thing. So, um, you know, it's only 150 bucks, man. Stocking suffer for me, for Joe Brad. As well, yes, anyone wants to send me this, I'll take it. Okay, question. Yes, do you see this technology being used in other sports? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's I, you know, it, it, especially like for quarterback. Well, the, the most the most applicable one is probably baseball and pitching, and and you know, if you think because this is something that you know pitchers are always talking about throwing mechanics, the type of release points on the ball, where they're throwing, how how they're throwing different pitches. Uh, there's always you know a ton of 
there's, there's like three sports that really could use it the most. Um, well, all of them could, but you talk about pitching, you talk about mechanics and release points and speed and, and repetitive and where your elbow is in relationship to where your head is and all that stuff. Uh, tennis is another one where a situation where you're talking about when you hit and repetitive motion and all that good stuff and where you are on the court and with all that stuff. Golf's another one. You're very much talking about what your swing's doing now. In tennis and golf and, and baseball, there are tons of high tech things that people use already, but they're pretty cumbersome. That that you have sort of like wear almost wear like these full suits, Man. or there's they, they shoot you in a certain right. way, and you go back and you analyze the tape. And this, this. but it would be really good to have an app for the average Joe to go out there, you know, and, and do that. And, and lastly, um, you know, even quarterback, even, even in base um, football, you know, again, same thing, releasing uh, form, drop step. So I think, yeah, I mean, if, if someone can really crack the code on how to translate this type of things to every sport. Um, they could really have something big, and then, and then you know, I, it's, I don't know how it works, how it would work in terms of, I mean, maybe not the pros because the pros have so many, so much advanced things, but like a college team, a high school team. I mean, this I think make co- a fortune. I mean, I think college has the same te- te- technology opportunities as the pros do, yeah. but maybe for like high school, you're yeah. right. Maybe for like that tier. Or that entry level of, of athletics, I think that would yeah. be cool. Yeah. yeah, our kids, there are kids like learning, you know. For sure. So, um, I'm really, I'm really interested into it. Um, That's dope. Uh, so let's jump over into um, the little, something a little more serious, which is um, uh, the the latest two or three incidents that's been happening. Um, you know, whether it's Eric, Eric Garner or. Um, or the Ferguson situation, Mike Brown, or the Mike Brown situation. Excuse me, and, and um, there, there's been a lot. So there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different angles we can touch here. But what we want to do on this show is talk about just sort of the the proliferation of um, the social media and, and the social activism and sort of the activation through social media and the way sort of uh, this generation, our generation, is finding new ways to uh, have their voices heard and protest and and organize. And um, and share basically, um, you know, we talk a lot, lot of times. We, we talked a lot about sort of what happened in Egypt with, you know, with with uh, how how Twitter and Facebook was used to really organize and start a revolution. Then about four years ago, um, I'm not saying this is starting a revolution per se, but it really, it really is interesting how, uh, on, at least on Twitter, like I, I can't breathe has has uh, it's been trending like nonstop. Has not stopped trending right and uh, so the conversation around that is is is, is amazing but for sure a lot, lot of, but there's a lot of different angles i want to talk about it but just i mean definitely thoughts. like initial thoughts in, in terms of i mean i would say it's definitely maybe a revolution in terms of our consciousness and our awareness mm-hmm. i think because of technology because of social media we're able to see it more we're able to have more of a conversation mm-hmm. more of a platform to voice uh, an individual can voice their ideas and there's more exchange and i think that's healthy because then you begin to see different viewpoints and I mean, it pushes you to research things and be more have a more of an investigative uh, stance. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that propels change, that propels growth because you're you're um, elevating your your mindset. And you're, I think everything starts with awareness. Like when we talked about different different things on the show, like the ice bucket challenge, like it's just elevating awareness. Not to compare this at all to this to this, but I think that's that's what when we talk about social media and we talk about using our devices and, and things and as tools to be able to communicate um, values and, and principles that we want to instill in our society. And I think this is, I mean, race is such a, a pivotal pivotal uh, topic of conversation as it relates to this country and the history of this country. And I think, uh, but yeah, stuff, situations like this, like, like it's necessary. It's a necessary thing for us to be talking about and to keeping keeping it in the forefront of people's minds. And so I think hashtags and sophisticated ways or creative ways to communicate this, I think it's good. It's great. I agree. I, I could not agree more. Um, there is okay. There's so much. So I want, let's just first talk about the sports angle of this because you know um, there's a lot of there's been a lot of uh, uh, in the NBA and the NFL particularly both leagues that are I think it's like something like seventy eight percent and seventy five percent African Americans in both those leagues respectively. Uh, they there's been a couple of high profile things in the NFL in the NBA. Derrick Rose came out with his I, I can't breathe T shirt mm-hmm. followed by LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the in the NFL, the St. Louis Rams came out and did the, the, the hands up situation in St. St. Louis, which was great. Uh, what I really what's interesting to me is the reaction, not only from you know the fans and the base, but uh, but also the the powers that be in the NFL. And there are two very different reactions. The first one, the NFL did a thing where it was kind of like um, they did a one line statement, which because remember the the, the St. Louis police were really put out a statement saying this is this is disgusting and they should be disciplined and I mean that doesn't really help their cause. I mean how, how about say nothing St. Louis police try right, that. Right. But anyway, they said they said all that stuff and so the the NFL just said no one will be disciplined, which I think is you know that that's as benign as they're going to get, you know, without without sort of saying like they're right, they're wrong, you can't do this cuz there's a lot of money at stake. But what do you think about the NFL's response? I mean <clears throat> I think I think this this kind of brings us to conversation of athletes and, and aligning themselves with uh, political causes or being activists while, while they're representing a brand. Like I think, I mean, I think that's that's why we don't see a lot of athletes being vocal about things that are happening in the world because of that. What we what you just talked about in yep. terms of hey, they might be there might be consequences, financial consequences. They might lose a sponsorship. Not just that, they're they're signed to a team, so they're representing the brand of the team. So if they do something that's outside of the brand, then hey, someone can, a co- corporate sponsor can pull out. Therefore, you know they keep the players in check. And so right. I think I think that we have each person has a right to be vocal and express themselves, regardless if they are aligned to a brand or work for a company. Like, if it's something that's near and dear to them, they should be able to express themselves. And so I think the way that the NFL handled it, handled it, as you, as you put, I mean, I think they didn't want, I think because of all the other stuff that's happening in the NFL, I think they didn't want to in, really put themselves in that conversation by doing anything. Right. So I think their, their, their chess move was to kind of be ambiguous about it and not right. really, not really take a stance, not really take like a strong stance. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just to, to follow up on what you're saying in terms of like the NBA in particular, like I think we were having this conversation a few days ago. I've never uh-huh. seen in my lifetime athletes take such a political stance, no. um, verbally, vocally, symbolically. I mean, you have to and, go back to the 70s and obviously the 60s, exactly. late, late 60s. There was a lot. I mean, a lot of folks from obviously Muhammad Ali, most notably, mm-hmm. well, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, very, very notably Jim Brown, very mm-hmm. notably uh, Tommy know, Smith. And um, um, John Carlos, John Black Carlos, Parfis. yes, the, the, the Black Parfis, uh, nineteen sixty-eight in Mexico Olympics. Yep. Uh, I mean, so you have they seem to be more, way, way more commonplace back back then, and 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 then we have this whole era in in sort of my coming up, like which is in the in, let's call it the late eighties, early nineties, where you had the the, the 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 birth of the super athlete, yeah, the, cor- Michael, the corporatization, the corporatization of, of athlete, most yeah. notably Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and Tiger Woods mm-hmm. and some of the, and some other folks who. There, when there was a lot of issues uh, that people were wanting to speak out on, they were very, very vocal about saying we are not going to speak out because I don't want to mess with my money. For sure, you know. Or, or I think Repu- uh, most Jordan, Jordan most notably said Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah. you know, and uh, like he has nothing to say yeah. about anything. And, and 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 it's very interesting that we 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 we've survived a whole generation where athletes were like, I don't want to mess with my money, and now we've emerged in this very important thing. For sure, and you have two. The most highly visible athletes being Derrick Rose and LeBron James. I mean, now it's league wide. Like, like last yeah. night, the Sacramento whole Sacramento Kings wore the shirt. But yeah. I, and I think, I mean, to tie it into the show, like we're in an era now where these athletes not only are visible on the TV, but they have brands. They have they have audiences yeah. through their social media properties. So when they do say something, it definitely reverberates to the people. So for them to take a stance regarding this, I think is very important because they are representing the people symbolically, like. So for them to like be vocal or, or to give a sign that hey I'm with you with this because it affects them too yeah. or because you're in the NBA or the NFL doesn't mean you're not getting pulled over by cops and harassed. Of course. So I mean I think it's very essential and very good for us to see it. young people. I mean because most of, most of these guys are still in their twenties. Yeah, you know absolutely. Taking 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 you know some some type of political exercise. So yeah, it's good. And, and I think it's interesting that you know I, I just I can't there can't be enough credit given to Derrick Rose for being the first, and really not enough credit given to LeBron James, who's the who's arguably the face of the league, most visible person, who then opened the floodgates for then everyone. I mean LeBron did it in Miami with the Trayvon Martin thing. Yeah, the whole team did it. Yeah, yeah. wearing the hoods in the photo. Yeah, like I mean, so LeBron is he's kind of he's kind of very I'm, progressive. Exactly, on that. he's, he's very. very progressive. Very progressive on that. Uh, so Adam Silver, we finally heard from Adam Silver, who's the who's the uh, 
who's the NBA commissioner, commissioner, and he finally said something, and he did a little uh, uh, kind of a reason. He got he caught some heat for what he said, but if you really analyze what he said, it's kind of reasonable. He basically said, "Look, um, but what people are picking up is his line where it says, I wish they didn't do that, which is really not fair. That's not all he said. I mean, it's not like, what do, what do you think of this? I wish they didn't do that. Click. Like, it's not what he said. He very much said, I respect Derrick Rose. I respect LeBron. I respect what these guys are doing. I respect their opinions on the sensitive issue, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and, and they have the right to do that, but I wish they wouldn't. And so that's his way of put playing both sides, you know, and not wanting to you let, let his sponsors and his owners know that, like, you know, I'm not saying go out there and wreak havoc, you know, or at the same time, not letting, um, you know, letting the players know they support them. I, mean, sure. I think, I think, you know, as, as a commissioner, it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't really blame him for that stance. I mean, it's a tough spot to be in. Um, like, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think, um, coming off the, the last year with the, you know, the Donald Sterling stuff and, you know, uh-huh. what, what he did with that and uh-huh. just in terms of how that affected players and how that affected, you know, people, how uh-huh. that was also like a racial thing that affected culture. Uh-huh. Like, I, I think that, I mean, you kind of have to understand that we're, we're in the times where this is happening repeatedly. Like something that is that is representative of discrimination or prejudice that that, that comes out through the media. I mean, come on, we're people. Like athletes are people. They're not just athletes. Well, and they, have, not, they have voices and opinions, and they should be, in my opinion, they should be able to express themselves however they want, symbolically, vocally, and like these aren't strong, like. Yeah, strong stances of like, hey, right. this is what I think. These are like symbolic things. Yeah, I'm no one's coming out like the S one Ws with a beret and a gun, <laughs> exactly. like marching out. This <laughs> <laughs> is a t shirt. Relax, <laughs> but uh, I, I agree. But uh, I have something to say about that. But I want to go back to something you said about like they should have the right. I mean, it, it, this, what, what about the slippery slope argument? Like, what if you know, what if one day uh, a bunch of folks came out uh, with t shirts saying "Free Palestine." You know, I mean, what, it, where, where is, is, is there a line? I, I know, I know my answer. I just want to curious where you, where you think of the slippery slope. Argument. I mean, I can't breathe. That's what those, those are his last words. Right. So, I mean, what is that really saying? You could take what you want from that. Right. That's not me telling you what I think. That's just, that's his last words. Right. I'm wearing that. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. So if to just suppose that to someone wearing the free Palestine, Palestine shirt, right. like, I would have to ask them, well, what do they mean by that? Right. Another interesting thing is like they're 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 saying like well you know Adam Silver just wants to wear Adidas that's all he's worried about <laughs> yeah. so I mean I wonder I wonder this is my wondering if, if Adidas came out with a with a with a I can't breathe T shirt that's a, with an Adidas logo would that be okay I wonder I, that's interesting I wonder if that's uh, uh-huh. if that's it. but anyway uh, the other question I have with this all this which is a larger more of a statement is you know my take on this is that like this is not all things sometimes all things are created equal you have you have a league in the NBA and the, and the NFL separate but the NBA is really you know I think it's like 79 or plus percent black, right? African American. And that, and unlike the NFL, like, there's no helmets. You see black faces, black men, like, running up and down. Like, this is, that's the face of the, in the NBA. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting when something happens in the culture, in the culture at large that relates to race or relates to black folks. And the nation is tuned to this multi-billion dollar industry. You have all these young black men. You know, it's almost like, how do you not say something? How do you, how do you not say? And if, and if look, and if we're gonna say something very very mild, like wear a t shirt, like it's almost like it's okay. I can watch all. I can watch you guys rumping down the court all day long. Do do what you want, but I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Of like, course. but this is but you're watching a group of of a young black men. Of course, pretty much almost exclusively. So if a, if an issue hits young black men and they want to say something about it, then that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like stop don't, stop watching. I mean, this isn't. This, this is something that, like, really, if, if not there, then where? If not there, like, this, that, that, that is the, that is the, that is the, uh, that is the exact place that should be happening. People are like, I don't want that in my sports. I don't want to hear politics in my sports. Well, yeah, that's, I'm sorry, you're watching black folks. What do you want? I mean, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I feel that, so, you know, the, the NBA, you know, makes players do these community events and they're, they, they're vocal and they talk about, you know, obesity or they talk about things that are happening, um, in, in communities throughout the country. But I mean, this is something that's affecting everyone. This is, right. this is the core of, I mean, this, this is the core of our country, you know, the country civil war was fought because of slavery, because of all these yeah. things. So like for us to like to sweep it under the rug, I think it's, it's just senseless. I mean, just play the game guys. Yeah. But you know. I mean, again, I, I think, from a social media perspective, like to see this happen 
on on both spheres. Like not not only do we see it on television, but we see it through their their personal Twitter handles and their Instagram pages. I think that's pretty remarkable. And I mean, you talk about the younger generation who that, that's where they get their source of information from to see you know their role model, their favorite player taking a stance that that that's teaching them something. Teaching these young kids at a young age that it's okay to express yourself in a healthy way. It's okay to take a stance for something you believe in. Right. Like I'm not just about playing hoop or, or throwing the football like there's more substance to me that makes me more of a fan yeah, if I'm a absolutely. kid like, so. well I mean like because it's, it's this whole role model thing right it's like <laughs> we want you to be a role model if you tell your kids like you know uh, brush your teeth stay in school don't do drugs <laughs> okay yeah I want to hear that but you know, and but be careful. I mean, but anything else, like whoa, 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 that's too black. <laughs> that's too black. Like so, I yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, look, these are all things that sort of uh, that help our culture as a whole at large and our society at large. So, um, you know, transitioning to this a, a little bit is that there's a big in Boston. There's a big movement as well. Like, and I think that's also very interesting. We look at Boston, a place where, you know. Um, a very racially charged city. Boston is a really fascinating city to me in that it is super, has always been super liberal. I mean, this is the home of JFK. I mean, this is a super liberal, liberal, politically liberal city, but has horrible racial history. And so, sort of this, sort of this, I mean, the, the busing situation in the 70s, this is the 70s, right. you know, uh, you know, all, their, their sports teams are some of the last to be fully, you know, I mean, well, not a basketball because we're not, but like, People acted a fool, like when if Boston Celtics had you know more than four 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 black guys, everybody was going nuts. You yeah. know, uh, same with the baseball. The Red Boston Red Sox were one of the last teams to have to have black folks in there, and you know, and hockey's hockey. But this is a, this is a town that really is has some real, despite its liberal politics, with some real racial issues for sure. And it's it's interesting to see how this is really uh taking hold in Boston. You know, we mostly what white folks really uh you know embracing the, the the hashtags of Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, you know? I mean I, I totally agree. Like been to Boston a few times and it's in my opinion it's definitely a, a, a racially divided city. Um but I, I think what's really unique about, you know, the Black Lives Matter in the in the protests that we've been seeing on television is that it's it's a pretty diverse crowd. You'll see a lot of a yeah. lot of mix of race and class, like all walking, holding up signs and protesting. And I think that's something that's very interesting. I mean, when you juxtapose it to the 60s, that there's, I mean, especially in, in New York, rather, right. I'll be more specific, like like to, to, to see that groundswell of, of diversity around this issue kind of says a lot. Yeah. And, the, and you see it trickle down in, in other industries, like congressmen, mm-hmm. congress, congress people, athletes, like uh-huh. entertainers, like that. I mean, come on, like, wake up. So it's not, it's not something that's just about these two men that that were killed like this is something that's serious like there's a a deeper meaning to all of this like Mm -hmm. that i think we have to explore and like bring to the forefront of people's minds and i think to see younger people that aren't just black gravitating to this issue says a lot in boston well in boston because i agree i think i touched on before but like you know seeing you know these young white kids and young white uh, and adults sort of walking around with black lives matter and protesting i mean granted it's a lot of college kids and everything else but it means so much in that city because just in you know in my lifetime they had that huge busing incident you know where it was ugly It it was this is in the 70s and it looked like 1965 in boston we're not talking about 1963 in selma selma uh, we're talking about 1970, you know, eight and 79, whatever, uh, whatever it was, uh, Boston. So if you look at some of those images of people fighting and, and white folks pulling black kids off the buses and all that stuff, it was, it was really ugly black eye on Boston's, uh, history to juxtapose against this now. It's, it's really great. And I think bringing it back to what we're talking about here, it just speaks to, uh, to the social, the millennials and the social society we live on and live in and like this word being spread and organizing being spread and sort of like it speaks again to the youth and the youth and the powers, you know, versus the establishment. For sure. Like, you know, if this were all an establishment thing, then this would be happening. But yeah. this is because the internet and Twitter and exactly. social media is a youth movement. All the, all the young people come out to support what they really think, which I think is fantastic. I you think, know? I think that's a key point. I think if you, if you, uh, relied on traditional media to kind of like give us uh, a fair analysis of what's happening. I think you would be at a loss. I think the media, even right now, it downplays like the meaning and the subtext of, of why people are protesting. Like it's like again, it's more than just that these brothers were killed by the hands of the police. Right. Like it's dealing with the, the really the crux of the society. Like how 
is dealing with privilege and power and the history and uh, history of how how this country was formed. And so I think because we because because of millennials and because of the new technology, we don't have to rely on traditional media. We have the Twitters, we have the Facebooks and Instagrams. We're able to communicate, you know, fluidly like mm-hmm. to our to our own audiences and communities. And I think that's really the power of social media especially i mean we started this conversation talking about revolution in egypt but like yeah that's the power of it that's the power of it and you can say something that's meaningful and it could go to your audience right and and that's what's happening here so i agree uh one last thing on this i just want to just want to highlight one more story because it's, this is one of, one of my favorite one it's this one where uh a bunch of medical students um you see this in, 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 it was like a, as a whole, it's crossfitting. So med schools, they, they, this is again, all organized through social media. A bunch of med schools in, in Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, all, they, they scheduled, they did a diet. Mm-hmm. So it's all these, you know, medical students, mm-hmm. basically all in their white doctor coats, mm-hmm. uh, of all races and posing in these pictures with them all lying on the floor of the med schools mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, like basically, like as 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 you know, being dead. Yeah. That 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 was really really powerful for me. Not only because it was multi races, right? Not only because these are these are our future doctors in the city, but uh, but the, the again the organization of it, saying like it's not this is not just a uh, a lower class, lower middle class, socioeconomic economic uh, black folks, you know, kids in the street thing. This is we're doctors, mm-hmm. you know, and we we save lives. It's our it's, it's our it's our job to save lives. So. Uh, we of all people have an oath to save lives and, and lives do matter. So to see that and to see the fact that it's organized through social media really was just really powerful for me. For sure. I, 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 I totally agree. And we're seeing examples of this in a lot of cities. And I mean, yeah, like, like you said, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, like different races, everyone. I mean, I think this has, this is resonating with everyone. And if, either way, if you agree or disagree, if you, if you feel like, um, Mike Brown and deserve what he what what he got, or if you feel like Eric Garner deserved what he got, like or I, I think it has it has resonance to, to everyone, and yeah. I think that we just got to keep the dialogue going and yeah, like keep, continue to educate people. So I think a lot of people we don't we 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 shy away from talking about race in this country, mm-hmm. and I think that you know it's something that we can't shy away from because so it's so many like disparities and. So, it's so much inequality. Like we have to continue to bring it to the forefront and expose it. And if, if it's starting, if it's starting with you know students in high school, if it's starting with doctors in hospitals, if it's starting with athletes on the basketball court, like right. or, or Congress congresspersons in Congress, like hey, uh, we all have to to speak our voice. We all have to speak our minds. Yep. And I think that's what's happening. I, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. And I keep saying the last thing I'll say. One of the last, last things I'll say on this on the topic, we'll move on to the Sony hack situation, is uh, the last thing I'll say on this is um, uh, the, the the different types of protests. What's amazing to me, what via social media is giving us new ways to voice and protest. So back in my our parents' day, there's pretty much you know, a handful of ways. You can, you can make a sign. You can march. You can walk in. You can sit in. These are the things, but this offers all these different creative ways for you to be able to speak out and really unite people across the country. And that's what I liked about, particularly about the, the die-in, the medical school thing. It's like one person had an idea, like there's a network of medical schools, a bunch of med students all signed up for it, and then it happened. And that's, that's really amazing to me. So yeah. I just want to understand that. Okay. So let's move on to something a little lighter, but also equally, not equally as heavy, but just also heavy, but heavy in a different direction. Um, the uh the the Sony I want to talk just about the Sony Pictures Act. Alexis, I just want to talk about this. We don't have any we don't have any pictures on it, but so you know, Sony, if you haven't followed Sony Pictures, Sony the Sony, Sony Pictures Corporation, not Sony Pictures, Sony is uh the entertainment division is literally under attack. They 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 have they they Well they have been attacked. Well they are no it's it's current because they're they're it's it's still going. This is mm-hmm. like the the group responsible um and I no no I, the, I forgot what they're called. Yeah, it's a noble name though. It's a noble name. It's like the <laughs> Oh Lord, um, the Justice League or something. something no, like that. yeah, I, I have it right here. But anyway, but yeah, but the group responsible um, is very much um, 
Yes. So yeah. So the, I can I don't have it in front of me, but the group responsible is is basically saying that we're going to release something every single week. Right. And every week, every day, it's every day, every week, but every week bombs are dropping. Right. 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 Like right. I mean, like first it was like here's everybody's information, and then it was like here's some scripts in development, and then it's like here's some emails, and that was just, it's really getting worse. And they and they made it very publicly. Our goal is to destroy Sony, and we will succeed. And first of all, just at a face value, that's crazy. Number one, number number two, uh, there's, an F, there's been FBI sort of probing into this whole thing, and FBI, you know, the FBI are saying and have said that look, uh, this this would have happened to ninety percent of companies. Like the way, like the way that this this hack took place, like ninety percent of our companies are vulnerable to this, which that to me is really scary. So the fact that they chose to do Sony and not do whatever right facebook or or the dod or you know i don't know is is really interesting but um this is all allegedly uh in response I mean, there's no there's no real credible proof to this but the the thought is this is in this is probably um in response to the Sony Pictures movie yeah. the interview the Seth Rogen uh, James Franco movie where yeah. they go and their whole conceit is we're going to go and kill Ki- uh, Kim Jong Il which is funny but it's it is a real person and it is a real comp- country and he's a real dictator and like you know North Korea already said that they they consider this an act of war to to some degree and they need that and they need to do something or something bad's going to happen and something bad happened hey um so I wanted to so just in a general sense, what do you think about this hack? I mean, I, I, I think the hack I mean I think anything's hackable. Um and I think that if if a group of people are strongly motivated to do it, they can easily do it. As you just said, the FBI said most of American companies are susceptible to this type of attack. Like I, I, I mean I think you're talking about zeros and ones, like it's, there's someone out there that can get into something so uh, and in terms of the reason why um i I mean i think that theory of the movie kind of insulting or disrespecting or in in a way the movie is a form of of attack to north korea right um maybe that was which i should say they've officially denied it north korea said we've officially on the record denied it but But if that theory is true i can see that being you know a reason why someone would want to do that but i mean who, who knows the causation who knows why um but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of dirty secrets that uh, will continue to come out. Like, I mean, as we've, we, I mean, we haven't really talked about, but the the, the president, like saying those things about uh, Obama. Well, that's when we get to like the, the, the Amy Pascal like conversation with Scott Rudin. So Scott Rudin's, you know, who's a legendary legendary producer, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually just produced, you know. Um, Chris Rock's top five, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a ton of all, all, all the. Um, I mean, he's just, he's he's a legendary producer, a ton ton of stuff. Um, but also the inspiration of Tom Cruise's, you know, character in um, where Tom Cruise dressed up with the, the the dude I can't remember that movie, but um, Ben Stiller. Tom Cruise. Oh, um, Tropic Thunder. Thank you, Tropic yeah. Thunder. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise's character in Tropic Thunder is sort of based on Scott Rudin, so this is... But, uh, so there's all these email exchanges between Scott Rudin and Amy uh, Pascal, and they were not favorable. I mean, Scott was very much like... I mean, the whole thing about... Like, he went on this exchange about Kevin Hart, basically saying, oh, Kevin Hart's a sell, you know, sellout, and he's this, and he's that, and really a lot of, you know, a lot of everything that he... That, that Scott Rudin was saying was very much... At what we already know and ho- our worst nightmare is what we think white executives think of black folks of and course. black films. Of it's course. like, it's like all this like, you know, uh, you know, oh, these movies and those people and that thing is this and that, that's no money. And he's, you know, the, all, all that stuff is like, why would we do that? Like, no one's going to go see that. I mean, he went through the whole rant about Angelina Jolie first, of course, how she can't act and how she can't, you know, she's not a, she's a movie star, not an actress. And this is ridiculous. And Brad Pitt too. He's a, he's a movie star. He's not an actor. Everyone knows this. But then that was like, oh, ha ha. And then when it started turning to black folks, like he really went in on Kevin Hart, yeah. And then that exchange about uh, President Obama, right. and he's like, "I have to go to this Obama thing." You know, what, what do I, what do I, what, what do we watch? And Scott Rubin's like, uh, "How about what, what, what movie should I talk about?" Scott's like, "How about talk about Django? Right. Talk about Kevin Hart. Talk about Tyler Perry. Twelve Years a Slave. Talk about Twelve Years a Slave. Ha 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 ha." So. Um, Amy is really, it's just so funny to see, like, it, it, on one hand, it's, it's interesting to see stuff we already knew behind the closed doors of these executives. Right. You wonder why black folks aren't making movies or getting in there. But, of course. uh, Amy's now on this whole, 
you know, of course, you know, uh, Shonda Rhimes was first. Shonda Rhimes was out blasting on Twitter. She's very active. And sure. Of course, Al Sharpton, and of course, Jesse and everyone else. And now there's this today. I mean, there's this Amy Pascal cannot apologize. She's all of over. Course. She Jesse don't Jackson. Lose, she don't lose her job. I mean, I want to respect. I'm taking personal responsibility. La la la. Like it's a real thing. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about all this? I mean, I think that I think these type of discussions happen all the time. Like, the time. I, mean, the, the, I mean, we just talked about kind of like surface on the surface level about race in this country. Like these are, these are things that happen all the time, all the time on an executive level at the highest of levels you could think of. So, I mean, yeah, when it's exposed through this way, I mean, it, I mean, it just validates kind of like what a lot of us already think. Um, but I, I mean, I, I have two, two opinions about, it. I think one that, I mean, I think people's privacy should be protected. Like, I mean, if I think it's stupid for a professional to talk like that through email. I think mm-hmm. that's dumb. So I think sure. if, if the consequence is someone hacks you and it's it's exposed, then you should deal with the penalty for it. Yep. However, if you're talking, you know, at, at the crib to your your friend or whatever, fine, say whatever you want. Like think however you want. Yeah. Like if I disagree with it or not, but you're doing it through a professional medium. Like you're supposed to be a professional. You're, you're supposed to be representing your brand, Sony. Yep. So don't don't say that you're not that way. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And this, like, this is we're in 2014. Everything is you know like you your text messages, your 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 Snapchat. I mean everything everything really is 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 fair game for sure. I mean everyone says things that are questionable and they might be funny at the time or whatever. I think everyone does. It says things that are just ridiculous at times that may maybe have like racial innuendos or in your windows. Sure. Um, but I, I think if you're if you're representing, you know, you know, your company and employees and you're doing it again, you're doing it through the medium of 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 that system, like that that's a no no. That's yeah. wrong. I, I mean that, that shows you're too comfortable. That that shows really how you think. If you're able to do it through that medium, I mean think about think about it when you are at your crib what you're saying, mm-hmm. how you're thinking. That's how I take it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, very interesting. Um, uh, we'll see. It, 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 it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because they're they're really trying to take Sony down through the through the court of public opinion and, and everything else, and just really by exposing the practices of this company. And I mean, if there's more bombs, if there are bigger bombs than this, it'll it, it'll it'll go down. They keep saying that this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're just getting started. <laughs> like, and every day, like they think, like, oh, it can't get any worse. It's like another bomb drops. Just getting started. Like literally, man, that, that's what they're rolling. Like every day, it's like they just release more and more stuff. And and the thing about that that bothers me about this a little bit, just from a from a media standpoint, is of course, Hollywood Reporter, Kim Masters, and Hollywood Reporter are all over it, which is fantastic. Variety now because the Hollywood Reporter is all over it. They're all over it, which I think is a great story. I think it's just fantastic that they're all over it like that. You know who's not all over it is Deadline Hollywood because mm-hmm. Deadline Hollywood was bought by a group in Sony. So Deadline Hollywood did that. Start, hush, hush. They, they, it's a group that like exposed all the, you know, this is how they were started. They started, you know, it started by Nikki Fink, who now is no longer a part of them, but like, it's really, it just upsets me when that stuff happens. When like, you know, like, like, like the old Bill Simmons ESPN thing happens. You know, we can't talk about the NFL because the NFL pays us billions of dollars. Right. Uh, we can't talk about Sony because they're our boss. Like, even though our whole thing is deadline Hollywood. You can't, you it's can't, just, the same thing as we're talking about with athletes. You can't yeah. talk. Yeah. Because you're an athlete. That, that's, that, that's, a, that's a different level of exposure right, right there. Like deadline, de- the fact that deadline Hollywood is silent is another level of exposure. Like it's, it's almost as damaging as them, say, you know, them actually doing something about it. So anyway, uh, that's all I got. That's all we got for today. Anything else? Nah, man. That's all. all right. uh, I think that's it. Uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays. So, uh, everybody out there, please enjoy your holiday. Have a safe, uh, you know, holiday and, and new year. We'll, we'll be back. Uh, Alexis, where can we find you? You still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at atorres890. That's A-T-O-R-R-E-S 890. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you. Where can find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shine A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. What about you, sir? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe K. Braswell. Twitter and Instagram at Joe K. Braswell. Uh, thank you very much. Good year. We'll see you in 2015 with more Geek Nerd Tech. Brother Jules. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. 
Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.